What is up, young adults? Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, follow us at YA underscore Power Bluff. And as always, thanks for tuning in. But I want to talk tonight um, about having a real encounter with Jesus. And so um, I, I want to talk tonight about that. I want to stir up your hunger for an encounter with Jesus. And I know most of y'all have already had an encounter with Jesus. Some of y'all might not. If you, you would know if you had an encounter with Jesus. Because when you encounter Jesus, you know. You don't know you don't have to question, was that Jesus? You know it was Jesus. You encountered him. Um, but we as believers have to have continual and multiple encounters. It can't be one time. It can't be when you get saved. Because or you know, it's sometimes when people get saved, their encounter wasn't dramatic. It wasn't a you know, drastic thing that happened. It, it maybe t- took a little time, and then you finally got to that place where you encountered. But if you've never had that, you need to have that as, as a believer. And as a believer, you also need to have multiple encounters with Jesus. So I want to stir us up tonight to get desperate to know him more. That was Paul's mission. Paul said at the end of his ministry that I would know him more. That was his determined purpose, that he would know him more. And that has to be in us always, to know Jesus more. And so I'm going to share that, and I'm going to share about what happens when you have an encounter with Jesus. But we read all throughout the Bible, the Gospels, about people's encounters with Jesus, about how their lives were forever impacted, altered, changed by their encounter with Jesus. And they were touched by God mightily. And that touch cause them to be mightily used by God. It was their encounter with Jesus that caused them to be used by God. And I know there's people here tonight that that desire. I I know that y'all are hungry. There's hungry people that desire to be used by God. And it is a direct, it comes from your, your direct encounter from Jesus. So, we understand that the, the depth of our encounters will determine how much that Jesus impacts us and alters us. It's the depth of our encounters, not just an encounter. It's the deepness of it. And it should be for every believer that their testimony, you would be able to say that Jesus has completely changed everything about my life. He's had his fingerprint on every area of my life. And that it's not just... He's, he changes things, or he's changed that. He changes everything. That should be your testimony, is that when you go around, you can tell Jesus has completely changed and rearranged my life for the best, in the best way possible. Matthew 15, 30 to 31 says, a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled those who couldn't speak and many others they laid them before Jesus and he healed them all that's one thing is when you come to Jesus for anything he will never turn you away you never saw Jesus turn anyone in the Bible that came to him in faith away not one person left the same way 
Because when they came to him in faith, he healed them all. And it says the crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The cripple were made well. The lame were walking. The blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. You, you, I, I look at that verse and I'm like, it's amazing because these people's lives, imagine sick people, people who couldn't speak, people who couldn't see, people who could not walk, going to Jesus one way. And when they left, they were completely changed. That's the power of when you encounter Jesus. And it will look like that, whatever it is that you come to Jesus with, it should look like complete change and transformation. He changes everything. And we should, we should as believers be able to say that he's completely changed everything about my life. So truly, everything does change when you encounter Jesus. And your encounter, like I said before, it should mark you. It should be like a line in the sand. Before you were one way, but then after your encounter, you were completely different. Something happened. And that's what happens when a real encounter not a fake. There should be something that happens with your encounter. So I want to I go to a couple of examples, and then we'll, we'll talk about what happens when you encounter. But I want to visit a couple encounters from um, some of the first disciples. So let's start at Matthew 4. Matthew 4. I thought it was Mark. Sometimes I get those confused. I know they're different, but... Matthew 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Crazy. In the TPT version, I like what it says. It says immediately they dropped their nets, and they left everything behind to follow Jesus. They left everything everything behind. You go and look at the other translations of this verse. It says they abandoned, they forsook, they completely let go. They released what they had. They let go of it and immediately they dropped and followed Jesus. There was something about Jesus for them to do that. Like, can you imagine that? They were, they were, they dropped their stuff and they went to go follow this guy. And they were captivated by him. It was almost as if there was something irresistible about him. But the Bible says in Isaiah 53, when they talk about Jesus, it says his appearance, he didn't have any beauty that made him desirable. It wasn't his appearance. It wasn't his robes. It wasn't what he looked like. There was the anointing, the presence of God that drew people to him. And it was that irresistibility upon him, upon him that caused them to respond. They did respond. They did yield. They did immediately respond to his call because he called them. He called them my name. He drew them out and they responded to his word that pierced their heart. And they, they went, they, they did respond. And so that's what, um, that's, that's, that's one encounter that we see. John four, I wanted to go to as well. I'm I'm not going to read it fully, but Many of you know the encounter with Jesus and the woman at the well. Um, It was another powerful encounter, but 
uh, you know, this was when Jesus, he was at the well. A woman came who didn't want to be seen by anybody. She came in the middle of the day. So she wasn't expecting to find anyone, but she found Jesus there or Jesus found her there that day. And when she was there, she starts talking with Jesus. Jesus offers her water that will never cause her to be thirsty again. And she said, I want this water. And, you know, they, they continue talking. They're talking about worship and that there's true worship and how Jesus came to establish worship in spirit and in truth. And she said, I do know that the Messiah is coming and he's the Christ. He's the anointed one. And he's gonna, when he comes, he's gonna make everything clear. He's gonna tell us all things. That's what she knew about the Messiah. And then Jesus personally revealed himself to her. He said, I am he. I am the living one. He revealed himself to her personally in that encounter. And that was big. That was huge. Immediately, it said she left her water pot. She didn't even care about the water anymore. She got up and she ran to the city and she went to go talk to people. She was avoiding people. But that encounter with Jesus, she lost all insecurity. She lost everything that was holding her back to feel judged and whatever because she was seen by the Messiah. And she went and she went and told everybody this man could he be the could he be the Christ it says he says he told me everything about my life and so she was going out telling everybody about her encounter with Jesus and it says in verse 30 people left the town and immediately set out to go see him so her encounter spurred a, a desire and a hunger for other people to want the same thing because something got smeared up smeared on her life that encounter with Jesus caused people to want the same thing. And, and that's the way that it should be with our encounters. An encounter with Jesus is the moment when Jesus makes himself alive and real to you and in you. That's what he did to the woman, the woman at the well. He made himself real. I am he. And, you know, we read about the story of the disciples. We read about this. There's so many encounters. Everyone's story is different. Your story is different. My story is different. I know for me, when I read these, like, my heart explodes because I'm like, this was me. Like, I, I, feel, I feel this. You know, I, I, when I had, my, I'm not going to share my whole testimony, but, you know, when I had my encounter, my, my initial encounter, I, like, dropped everything. It was a moment where, like, I completely stepped over, and I never looked back. That was my encounter. I, I left everything. I dropped everything, and I went forward, and I, and I got out of that moment that day. I knew, I know the day. I know the time. I know what was happening, but... I didn't know what happened to me, but I literally became kind of like this woman at the well. And I went and told everybody. I told my parents. I told my sisters. I called my godmother. And I made her have lunch with me. And I talked with her an hour. And I told her about how my life completely changed. I didn't know how to explain it, but I told her my life changed. I, you, need to do, you need to experience what I experienced. I met with every single of my friends, literally all of them. Let's go get a snowball. Let's go get coffee. Let's go get lunch. I told every single one of them, like after this, it was like... A period of like two weeks where I just I got everybody on the phone and I like called them <laughs> something happened to me like immediately and like I read I read about that woman I'm like I feel like her but someone had to tell me that I was saved because I didn't know what I didn't know what happened to me I didn't know the word saved I didn't know the word salvation but one of my friends a lot of y'all know her but Victoria she's she's back in, in New Orleans but she told me like you're saved and I was like that's what happened to me like 
I'm saved. And when I, when I found out that I was saved, I was like, this is amazing. I didn't know that I was saved. I didn't know that what, what, I didn't know that was what happened to me. But I knew one day I was not saved. And the next day something was completely different. And they told me I was saved, and I was so excited. I was so excited. I didn't know what my, my next steps were. But then Victoria, my friend, she told me, you need to read the Bible, because I, I wanted to be around people that knew what I felt. I was talking with all these people, and like some of them didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know what I was saying, but now I knew I was saved. You know. But I, I wanted to be around people who had the same experience with me. I wanted to relate, because they, they knew. They understood. They, they felt the same things as me. And so immediately, when I knew the next step, was to read the word I like got in and immediately and then I started having encounters again with Jesus because Jesus is the word he's the word and I was encountering him discovering who he was what he's done for me and I was continuing to encounter him and that's and 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 that's what happened but you know I, I like I said I didn't know that I was saved but once I got in that word I had to I had to discover what he really did to me. And he, he revealed to me, he gave me a new heart. The Bible says that he gives you a new heart and a new spirit. And Jeremiah 32, it says that he will, he will cause you to worship. He will put a desire in you to worship him. I didn't have that desire before, but he showed me that that's what he did. And that's what, that's what he'll do with you. After that you know, initial encounter, he will continuously reveal himself to you and that's when you put yourself on that place of seeking him so that was part of my encounter but I want to go to a couple of things um before before we pray about what happens when we we have an encounter with Jesus three things I have so what happens when you have an encounter with Jesus the first thing is that you become aware of your absolute need for him you become aware of your absolute need for him. Let's go to Luke 5, verse 4. Another encounter with Jesus. Okay, I'm going to go to verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Jenna, Genesaret, Genesaret. Also in the Amplified, it says Sea of Galilee. So, you know, um, the, and they saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and they were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's and asked him to put a little out from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered, and he said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both the boats. So they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, 
He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Debedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. There it is. Similar. Similar encounter. But what, but what I love about that is Peter's personal encounter. What, what did his personal encounter cause him to do? He had a response to what Jesus had done. It says that he saw this. And what was his response? It says that he it drew, Jesus, uh, drew Peter to his knees in awe of what Jesus had done. He was in awe and in wonder. He suddenly realized that he was a sinner. That was what would come of that. He saw the miracle and he realized, I'm a sinner. He saw his condition. He saw his filth. He saw his sin. He saw his fruitless efforts. He worked and toiled all night and caught nothing. And he saw it next to what Jesus could do, the glory of God, the greatness of God. An encounter with God will put you in that place where you see the goodness, the greatness, and the glory of God. It is that it's in his presence that you know at once, I do not measure up. I need a savior. I need him. I need someone to help me. And he was brought to his knees. And at that moment, that's when Jesus offered Christ to him. He offered the life that Jesus has to him. He said, follow me, choose me join with me, connect with me, need me. That's what Jesus said to him. And so that, it's really, like I said, it's in his presence. That's the place that you understand that he is bigger. He is greater. He's more powerful than anything. He's almighty. You begin to realize that his name is the greatest name above them all. You have a, you have a situation that's going on in your life. You're, you're dealing with something. You think that this problem's too much, the finances, the health, whatever it might be that you find yourself is, Jesus is bigger. And what you need is not to go and figure out something in the world. You don't need to be looking here. You need to realize that your answer is Jesus. He is bigger. He is greater. His name is more powerful. He is God Almighty. And he is the one that will get you to your knees. To, and in, that pres, in the presence of God, you become so aware, painfully aware of your need for him. I'm desperate for him. I need him. I need a savior. Drew him to his knees at once. I need you. That's what it, that's what it does. The psalmist cried in, in Psalm 51, verse 11, the psalmist cried to the Lord, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. That's David. He was crying to God, never take your presence away from me. Never let the presence of God depart from me. I must be one that dwells with the Holy Spirit. Cast me not away from your spirit, he said. And that's when it's in that, it's in your encounter with him where you realize if I don't have Jesus, I don't, I don't have anything. I literally would rather be dead if I don't have Jesus because you realize you cannot, you can't, you can't be apart from him. How did we do it before? I, I wonder that sometimes, honestly, because we, without Jesus, and you know, you, that's why in the presence of God, you become so aware of your need for him. And we have to stay in that place. Because if not, pride, you can't have pride in the presence of God. 
pride is crucified in the presence of God. It, it takes away all that you are. You thinking you don't need him? You need him. We need him. And the, the, your encounter with him will, will cause you to remember, I need him. He is everything to me. Without him, I am nothing. I have nothing. And life is not worth living. Jesus said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. In the NLT, it says, those who realize their need for him. Blessed are those who realize their need for him. Your encounter with Jesus, your encounter with Christ, the living God, will make you increasingly aware of your forever need for Jesus. Number two, what happens when you encounter Jesus? Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, and with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, that's Isaiah. Isaiah says, woe is me for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. Send me. That's Isaiah's encounter. Isn't that amazing? I remember the first time I read that, I was like, what? It was, it, it got me. Isaiah's encounter with the Lord, it, it, it gave him the posture that said, Lord, let me serve you. It was a supernatural encounter that got him to that place. He was, it says that he was undone in the presence of the glorious king. He saw the splendor of God. He saw the glory of God. And he heard his voice. God said, whom shall we send? Who will go? And he immediately, it didn't say he thought about it. He said, here I am, send me. He didn't know what God was talking about. Like He didn't know where to send him. He didn't know to whom he'd be sent. I mean... He could be sent like pretty scary places, but he didn't think about it at all. Whatever it was, pick me immediately. Look nowhere else. I'm here. I'm available. I see you. I've been changed. Pick me. People are going to say when you have an encounter with God and you get to this place because this, this, what I'm talking about here is a heart of total surrender to the master's will. That's what a real encounter with Jesus will, will birth in you. It's not something you work up. This is a supernatural thing that happens. He got to that point. At first, he said, woe is me. But then 
He had an encounter and he saw and he heard God's voice and a supernatural desire came upon him to serve him. It was supernatural. People are going to say, you're busy. You can't do that. You have, a, you have a life that you're building. You have a business. You have a, you have a home. You're doing all this. You're busy. They're going to they're gonna come up with so many excuses of why your surrender should fail. And you, when you have a personal, real, true encounter with him, like I said, something supernatural takes place so that it, it is real. And it doesn't matter what excuses come to try to detract you from God's plans, his will, his purposes. And it is, it's your encounter and it's the depth of your encounter that's going to, that's going to unlock true purpose for your life. And it's in that encounter only that you have purpose for your life birth. It's not about you anymore. It's not just you, your family, your bubble, your life. What he does when you encounter him is he puts a fiery desire to surrender and fulfill the purpose of God for your life. It becomes sweatless, easy to abandon, forsaken, and drop your own ways and follow Jesus. Just like we, we saw with the disciples, a supernatural thing took place. We can't explain it, but the encounter births that within you, and we need that. We need to be in that constantly. Paul's encounter in Acts 9, I won't read that, but everyone should go read it. This was when Paul encountered Jesus, but he saw a great light. It knocked him off his horse. He fell off of his horse. Isn't that crazy? He fell and he hit the ground. And um, he heard the Lord say to him, or no, he asked the Lord, who, who are you, Lord? He said, and then Jesus said to him, I am Jesus. And at that point, he was trembling. He was, it says that he was trembling. He was astonished. And he asked Jesus, Lord, what do you desire me to do? That's what, it, that's what he told Jesus. Lord, what do you desire me to do? And that encounter, again, caused him, what, what do you want me to do? What do you will for me to do? What is pleasing to you? One encounter will, with Jesus will bring us to the place of not my will, but yours be done. You're not asking yourself. You're not asking your family. You're not asking your friends what you, what you should do. You'll do whatever. You'll go wherever. And you'll serve wherever. Your desire, you, you begin to desire what he desires. And nothing else matters. The depth of your encounter with Jesus will determine what you will do in your life. The depth of your encounter will determine what you will do with your life. Without an encounter and without a deep encounter, you're going to do your own thing. But with an encounter and with continual, multiple encounters where you continue to know him, like Paul, I must know him. His desire and his determined purpose was I must continuously know him because that was what was driving him to continue to do God's will for his life. When you have an encounter, you will live completely surrendered to God's plans for your life. And number three, an encounter with Jesus... What will it do? It puts you in a place where he will speak to you personally, where Jesus will speak to you personally. 
His words become alive within you. His words become a fire shut up in your bones. That's what the prophet said when God spoke to him. His words became a fire on the inside of him when Jesus becomes real to you. There's an encounter um, in the book of Samuel. It's Samuel's encounter. So Samuel was a prophet. He was being mentored by Eli that he was a prophet too. Um, And so Samuel had never had an encounter with Jesus, uh, with the Lord yet, Um, but he was sleeping one night. He kept hearing someone say, Samuel, Samuel, it was the Lord, but he thought it was Eli. So he kept going back to Eli, here I am, Lord, or here I am. And he said, I didn't call you, go back to sleep. He went back to sleep. It happened three times, here I am. And finally, Eli caught on. He said, he he must be, the Lord must be calling him. And so he told Eli, Uh, Eli told Samuel, when the Lord calls you next, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so he said, go back to sleep. And the Lord called him again. He said, Samuel, Samuel. And at that moment, that's when Samuel opened up his mouth and turned his face to the Lord and said, Lord, here I am. Your servant is listening. And God spoke to him for the first time, and he became, he became a prophet to the, the nation. And he began to speak God's words, but that was his first encounter. He heard the voice of God, and he said, speak, Lord, speak to me. Let, let me encounter you. And his words became a fire on the inside of him. And that is what we want. We need his word alive in us. Okay. Encounters with Christ, when you encounter Christ, it's your meeting place where God speaks to you. Your encounter with Christ is the meeting place where God speaks to you. I want to go to Jeremiah 29, a little bit before the famous verse that everyone knows, but this was the word the Lord gave me. He spoke to me, and um, when I say he spoke it to me, he spoke it to me personally. I didn't just read it, and I was like, that's touching. No, he spoke this word to me when, I, I'm not, many of y'all know, know but I'm, I'm not from here. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, and he called me to Houston. He brought me here. Um, and why would I move from Louisiana to Houston? The Lord, that's it. That's the only reason. Um, but, I, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it, but that was the word the Lord gave to me. And when, 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 when the Lord speaks something to you and when you have an encounter with his word, Pastor Jesse was talking about this Wednesday. Jesus is the word. You have an encounter with Jesus. You have an encounter with your word. You have a relationship with your word. You have a relationship with Jesus. And so your encounters come through the word. But you might be sitting down reading the word, and it might not make sense to you. But then, then when you go and pray, you go and get in the presence of God. You go and start praying in your heavenly language. You start getting in his presence. You get in the spirit of God, and you begin to worship him, and you begin to pray. God makes his word alive to you. And then he speaks his word to you. That's what the Holy Spirit is necessary because the Holy Spirit raises Christ from the dead. He will take the dead word and raise it to life in you. And so we have to have 
time in the word and time in prayer and in his presence, because that is when he causes his word to become alive to you. And he speaks it to you directly. He speaks it. You hear it in your spirit. And you know, I've been spoken to by God. That's what happens. And suddenly, you know what to do. You know where to go. You know what the answer is. It's solved when God speaks it to you. So I was praying about what to do with my life. So Jeremiah 29 was where I was reading verse 4. And I'm going to like hop in between the New King James Version and the Amplified. But verse 4, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to who all were carried away captive, whom I have caused you to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. I heard from New Orleans to Houston. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives. I heard take husband but not husbands, just husband. And beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters and that you may be increased there and not diminished. Amplified says, multiply there and do not be diminished. I took that word and I'm, I still pray that word. Multiply there, do not diminish. That was a command. He And when he commands something to you, it's not, you have to do this. It's like as if Pastor Sandy's laying hands on you and says, be blessed, and you receive that blessing. He says, multiply there, and do not be diminished, and you receive it, and now you're empowered to do it. Verse 7 says, seek, inquire for, and require, and request the peace and the welfare of the city to which you have been carried away captive. Pray to the Lord for it. Pray to the Lord for the city. I prayed for Houston. I prayed for its welfare. For in the welfare of the city in which you live, you will have your welfare. So I prayed for my, I prayed for Houston. I prayed for revival for Houston. I, that's, when, that's when I knew I, I was going to find my husband in Houston, and I knew I was going to ha- have revival in Houston. Like, those were the two things. And I told, I told someone, like, I was like, we're gonna, that's what's going to happen. And they, they didn't feel like the same way. But it makes sense because Victoria, you know, Victoria's, Victoria's back in, in New Orleans. She didn't find her husband here. But this was my word. God spoke it to me. So revival in my life, I prayed for the welfare of Houston. I prayed for the welfare of my industry. I prayed for the welfare of my business. You need to be doing that as well. Pray for your industry. Pray for construction. Pray for why, whatever you do. Pray for the supply chain. I'm in supply chain. I pray for the freight company. Pray for the transportation. I pray that the supply chain will never be disrupted. I pray for my business. I pray for my company. I pray because when you pray for it, it shall be your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your false prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you. Pay no attention and attach no significance to your dreams, which you dream or to theirs. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. Okay. For thus says the Lord, when seven years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will keep my good promise to you, causing you return to this place. This is the verse that we all know, but I want to continue. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for your welfare and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Then 
you will call upon me and you will come and you will pray to me and I will hear you and I will heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for, require me as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all your heart and I will be found by you, says the Lord. Those last verses. When you call upon him, you pray to him, and it says when you seek him and require him as your vital necessity. I mean, that just, compre- that, that just the whole, this whole message about the encounter with the Lord, it, it's, it's his vital necessity, but we seek him and it bursts something in you where you desire his plans for your life. You know God has plans for your life, it says. And then you begin, you realize he has plans for me. Then you seek him because it's in him that you discover your purpose and your plans. And that's a, that's a big thing, a lot, you know, as young adults. I got saved when I was 18, so I, it, was a, it was a perfect time. I, I wish it was sooner, it was earlier, but when, when we're in this young adult phase of life, we're figuring things out. We're figuring out what's my purpose? What am I to do? Where am I to go? How am I to make it in this world? You have those questions and the answers are not, let me try to figure it out. You hear that all the time with young adults and, and teenagers, really. You're trying to figure it out. But when you seek him, you discover your purpose. It's in those encounters that you, the purpose that God has for you is reveal to you. It becomes open. And just like it says, seek, you will seek me as your vital necessity and I will be found by you. And when you do that, I'm telling, I'm telling you, this is what happened. The Lord took me to Houston. He was like, I had, I remember this one encounter I had when I moved here. I didn't, I mean, like when I moved here, I didn't have any, like anyone, no family. I I still have, I'm, I'm building my family. I have new family, but you know, like when I moved here, like I had like my friend, but she was potentially like going to be leaving early on. And I was like, I had nothing. I felt like I had nothing. I remember this one time that I was like, Lord, I felt like I was a, like, a, I felt like I was in the middle of a huge ocean. It was dark. And like, I was, there was a buoy. Y'all know what those buoys in the water are? It, y'all know what that is? Okay. You're like, um, and I, and I like remember like being like in prayer and being like, I'm, I was clinging to that buoy and I was like, that's Jesus. And I felt like everything else, like I, if I, if he dropped me, I didn't have anything. I was going to drown. I was going to be lost. I wasn't going to make it back to shore. I didn't, I felt like I was so like, what am I, what am I doing here? You brought me here. And I, 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 I was, I was seeking him. But his word said that he had plans for me. And I kept seeking him because it says when I seek him, I will find him. And when I did, I encountered him. And he revealed to me the plans that he had for my life. He spoke to me. He spoke to me and he showed me the purpose that he had for my life specifically. And it was personal. He spoke it to me. But it's in that encounter with Jesus that you know what you're called to do and your purpose and you want nothing else than to do that and I might have been like I was desperate I was like desperate but God revealed it and you have to be in that place because many people will seek there was the Bible says that there was multitudes always surrounding Jesus but then there was that woman 
with the issue of blood, she pressed into the crowd and touched him. The people on the outskirts, they had an encounter with him, but how, was, how deep was their encounter? Their, their, their depth, it scratched the surface. So there is, that's why I keep saying, it's the depth of your encounter. It's the, the powerful, real, true encounters that change you, that alter you, that put you in the place where you can be used by God. And that's why I want to share this tonight, because we have to be hungry to know him more and to encounter him. Because without it, we will not live the way that God has and the, the abundance that Joe is talking about and the, and the things that, you know, um, <laughs> Josh, I know your name. It's just when you're up, you know. When, when Josh was talking earlier, when you, when you were seeking him and he begins to do the things that you're believing him to do, it's in those moments, the encounters with God, that he births things within you. And we, we constantly need to be in that place. Why? Because it reminds you of your need for him. We need him. It causes you to surrender everything to him. And then he speaks to you. Those are the things. The Bible says that when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. It was, like I was saying, it was Paul's life mission to know him more, to encounter him more. He knew that his life depended on it. Your depth of your encounters will awaken how much you, you need him daily. You need him. It will supernaturally implant a desire in you to surrender everything and want nothing else but his will for your life. And it will cause Jesus, the word, to become alive to you as if he spoke something, as if he revealed your plan specifically to you personally. And we all should desire that. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, you can always stay up to date with us and even message us on Instagram at YA underscore power of love. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next one.